Phoebe. I'm Clancy. And I'm Damien. You might be asking, what do two Aussies and a POM have in common? Quite a lot, actually. For starters, Her Majesty has her face on all our currencies. Even the coins. There's a great Union Jack floating around some flags as well. And we speak the same language, sort of. Somehow. Allegedly. Have we love winding each other up? What are we doing here then? Winding you up. But anyway, on this show we discuss current Australian politics. We take a look at past events. While on a mission to ensure the Governor General stays in their job. What? I didn't sign up for this. What? It's in the show's name, Phoebe. Welcome to Let's Save the Governor General. No, I don't want to. Kick him out. What about her? Or her. No, let's <laughs> just not have a governor general. Let's have a republic. With who is, pre- <laughs> with who is president? Not ScoMo. President ScoMo. President ScoMo. No, President Julia Gillard. President Craig Kelly. Oh, there you are. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful to see Chloe and Ellie back together again? Oh, who doesn't love a happy ending? Yeah, and a few familiar faces we weren't expecting back again. You coming out? Yeah, in a second. I think I know what I want to write. Good. Carl, I love you. I love you too. How do you begin to describe a street? Do you talk about the houses, the bricks and the mortar, the gardens and the trees? Or do you talk about the people, the young, the old, and everyone in between? Where do you begin with the history? Do you start with your own or those who came before you? When we moved to Ramsey Street, the community was already here. The Ramseys and the Robinsons, The stories from those early days are legendary and their legacy still lives on today. And their legacy will live on for quite a while, I think, especially with our Antipodian friends. Antipodian or Antipodean? Well, See, I would have said Antipodean. You can say Antipodian if you want. This may be an English lesson as well as episode 21 of Let's Save the Governor General. And Antipodean makes it sound like they don't like walking. Yes, (laughs) anti-pedestrian. But as as always, is is, is that is that a new um, one nation policy in city centres where they're that actually don't 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 give them any ideas. Antipods. (laughs) Antipods. Antipods. We will I tear don't, our pedestrianised zones in CBD. I don't like it. Please, other cities. please explain. Please explain. But no, <laughs> I am I am Damien and I'm joined by two of my closest and wonderful friends. Clancy. Aww. Clancy, how are you? How are you, Clancy? I Clancy am, is two people. Close Clancy is two people. Clancy is two people. Okay, that's a... <laughs> am I? Okay. <laughs> Oh, and then I was going to throw over to you, but if you're going to be a, be a bitch about it, then fine. I'll just, you know. <laughs> you bastard. You bastard. <laughs> that is me. That is, that is me. And the very unpleasant and very dour <laughs> Phoebe J. Rose. 
I'm as bad as Dower as the Dowager Countess was from Downton Abbey, shall we say? Okay, fair enough. I was I reading. It. I was. <laughs> I was reading a statistic. Yes. I was reading a statistic yesterday that said that British people on average are miserable for an average of one hour, 56 minutes per day. Um, and I you're going to be with us for the no, next... No, 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 no. That's just Conservative Party voters who are choosing between the billion oh, and the batshit. Okay. I was going to say, you're going to be with us for the next two hours, uh, Phoebe. So <laughs> hey, there you go. You can work out your average work out your average there. No, Phoebe, in all seriousness, how are you? I am wonderful. I'm getting ready to go to a music festival next weekend. So yes, Ooh, I have bought myself Which one's big, big day out? Uh, Bloodstock Music Festival. Bloodstock. It's a heavy well, metal music festival. Oh, in that case, I'm I, I'm in. Okay. I'm I'm definitely in. There's a there we, is a heavy. We recently had a music festival here in Australia that was a complete disaster and got washed out. It was a washout. Quite literally. Which, it was a which wash festival out. was this? The Byron Bay uh, Music Festival. Was it Byron Bay? Yeah. Oh, no, I know it was in Byron Bay. I forget no, what it no, no, no. There was a. It was the one before that. What was it? No, hold on. I can't remember yeah. now. That's how much I, you know, go to music. Festivals. But yes, I don't think I've actually. I, I got a. I got a very good. I got a very good deal today. I did. I went to a local camping supply store today. Uh, sorry, sorry, Phoebe. Yeah, it, it was it was splendor on the grass. Splendor on the grass. Splendor on the grass. Got washed out completely because it wasn't. It wasn't very splendorous. No, it wasn't much grass either with all the uh, all the rain around. No, it was the mud. Yes. Can was, we have some rain over here, please? Yeah, sure. All right, we'll send some your way. Uh, so you got, you got a very good deal at the hardware store? Uh, no, at the uh, camping supply store. Oh, close. wasn't too far off. <laughs> well, I do need to go to the hardware store because I need to get some tent pegs tomorrow. But anyway, that's a thing for another day. Some tent pegs. Tent what pegs. are you... Are you going, are you going well, what I big? <laughs> Look. Look. With, with the, the dragons of Tasmania. The, the only taking that I would ever suggest anybody does is done safely and with your <laughs> own brand of personal intimate lubricant. And uh, uh, between consenting I, I, adults. I would agree with that. Yes. yes. With your yes. favourite brand of intimate personal lubricant. And if you were to... <laughs> do some pegging. I would strongly suggest a very thorough hygiene regime before you embark on this. Embark on your adventure. Well, and some good and some good toy cleaner. Uh, otherwise, it'll get as muddy Absolutely. as a splendor in the grass in uh, in Byron Bay. But that's. But yes, mm -hmm. I managed to get myself a silk sleeping bag liner. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, that's bit from, of luxury from a luxury from a hardware store in Britain. From a camping supply store. Barnings <laughs> Warehouse. No, no, BCF BCFing fun. Mountain oh, Warehouse. It's BC, yeah. Mountain my Warehouse. Ex, my ex actually took me to BCF on Valentine's Day and thought that was romantic. <laughs> Jeez <laughs> Louise. <laughs> But anyway, all I will say is that I got 90% off this silk sleeping bag because they couldn't sell them in the in Mountain Warehouse and it was reduced from £132 to £13.20. That's... That was cheaper than buying, you know, the cheapy, normal sleeping bag line. I thought, yeah, I'll have that. Okay, well, well done. Uh, Phoebe, this is bargain hunting with Phoebe. Oh, it is hunting with indeed. Anyway, warehouse are trying to get rid of their stock. Uh, some of their their stock. 
After this, I'm actually going to a, I'm actually going to a friend's garage sale because she's moving, and um, I've already put dibs on a lovely hammock that I'm going to set up on my deck for summer. On your deck. But it's oh, the middle of winter. Next, next time you. we record, next time we record, I'll have to record from my hammock. So, but wow. but isn't it the middle of winter where you are at the moment? Yes. Yeah, that's okay. Tasmania, it's like it's always winter, always winter there. But no, how, do, uh, but, how, how can how can you tell a Tasmanian in winter? They're wearing shorts, a t-shirt, and a beanie. <laughs> yeah. True. It's, it's, been a, it's been a big couple of weeks in politics, but before we get to the Australian side of life, let's go to Britain because uh, Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss are still on their magical mystery tour. They're on their race to the bottom. Oh, okay. I thought they were on a magical mystery tour on uh, the magic mystery van or whatever it was in their... They're on their race all, to the bottom. It's all going to be trussed up. Yeah. Trust in me. Britain. In Britain, in Britain, we say it's the batshit and the billionaire. Which the, one's which? The billionaire who seems to hate the poor people because there's some was it a recording or a document or something that he said he was proud of taking money away from the disadvantaged neighbourhoods. He was proud of diverting money to quote areas in need in the south of England, which is four times wealthier than the areas in need in the north of England. <laughs> Okay. Good, good on him. Yes. Also, he also said he also said I will make sure people are fined and, if necessary, taken to court if they miss a GP appointment. A GP appointment. <laughs> GP appointment. What the fuck? <laughs> Come on. This is that's bizarre. He Just said get... GP appointments are in short supply. And we need to make sure that people are not abusing the system and missing appointments unnecessarily. I will introduce a system where people are fined and for repeat offenders, I will make sure they are taken to court and are made to realise the consequences of their actions. Well, hold on. If you guys like do that, you'll have so many prisoners that your jails will be full. And then jails are already full. Okay, and then you have to you have to find another uncolonized place to send them. Where, where are you going to send them? Which Antarctica. Far, which far flung place in the world? Rwanda. 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 Okay. I think uh, Rwanda might be that. It's called Rwanda. Rwanda. Okay, that was Boris Johnson's going away present. <laughs> Here, have a. Boris Johnson's going away present is to make his father a peer of the realm. Oh, oh God. Okay. All right. Um, but speaking of people, speaking of English people who need help in the north of England, um, the Commonwealth Games. Australia That's absolutely tearing it up. You aren't going to win the cricket. We've already got like 452,000 gold medals. You so... couldn't beat Fiji in sevens. <laughs> Yeah, because their women are stronger than ours. Yeah, but the men beat you as well. Oh, true, their men are stronger than yeah, their men are stronger than ours. Um, I think Fiji Jamaica are just better. Yeah, true. Uh, Jamaica also beat us in the netball uh, one stage as yes. well. If I'm if I and England beat you in the netball too. I don't care about that. That's just that we're just having that day. That's just. But no, um, Australia loves the Commonwealth Games because, you know, there's no Britain or Russia or, or China. So we win all the gold medals they wouldn't win at the Olympics. 
<laughs> so, Are yeah, you we... saying that England doesn't fulfil adequately the void left when it is made to stand on its own two feet like it should be? Oh, sometimes, yes. Yeah, sometimes, no. It depends. You know, depends on what sport we're talking about. Yeah, like you guys do okay in the cricket, but yeah. Did you see the crash at the cycling? Yes, I did. That is uh, that is horrible. I've fallen off my back. That was couple... really scary. I've fallen off my bike a couple of times in my life, and that really bloody hurt. But doing it at like 50, 60k an hour when you're just wearing lycra. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would. Uh... I think there's like 20 people involved in a pile up, and you saw that literally the bodies flying over the pile of bikes. Yeah. That was really scary. All I will say is that you have. Uh... You have a real problem in the uh, cricket, you do. Do I? Yeah. Oh. Because you're going to lose. Oh, re really? Really? Yeah. I, I okay. say that, that you're going to lose because you're, you're facing a, a team that beat England, so therefore you're going to lose. Yeah, okay, fair, well, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. You're facing well, look... the Indians on the 7th of August. Oh, which okay, so, which is, uh, which is uh, today. Oh, there we go. Well, the, the closing ceremony is today as well. So once once this is all over and done with, it won't really matter and we'll go back to beating you at tennis. Proper cricket. Oh, will you now? At test cricket. Oh, rugby. League. So game. how are you doing in the test cricket standings then? How are you doing? <clears throat> Let's see. I, I wonder. Um, I think there's more talk about David Warren trying to come back into the captaincy than there is. Uh... You've had about as much turmoil in your captaincy as the England team has with its captaincy recently. Oh, look, uh, from the ICCcricket.com. Uh, I think Australia is actually ranked number one. Let me just load up this page. Yes, Australia. Yes. Actually, I might just share this screen, Phoebe, just to, you know... Sorry, Clancy, you haven't, you haven't said a word, you poor duck. We will, well, we'll, we will get I to you. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. So Cricket. I'm just staying Cricket, Commonwealth Games. Yeah, exactly. Hey, look, number one, a Australia. Any, anything that has sport out there, I could you, don't. But could you please tell me how they've worked that out? Because if you look below at India, it says points. Three thousand three hundred and eighteen. Oh, no, look at look at the rating. Australia. Points. Look at the rating. Two thousand four hundred and thirty-nine. Look at the rating. Like... England points three thousand nine hundred and nine. Yeah. We we spend our points better. That's all. That's all we can say. Oh boy! Yeah, and right. speaking speaking yeah. of spending points better, oh boy, here we go, Matthew guy. Let's now let's finally get to Australia and let's get to something that does involve balls. Well, it involves balls, but a different kind of balls. Um, the balls of Matthew guy's chief of staff. Uh, what's the dude's name? Why are we going there? Because it, it was the top of my talking points as I. As I... <laughs> okay. Yes, I'll grant That's... you that. So his balls are the top of your talking points. Uh, well, the, the balls bollocks. Of, it's just bollocks. The balls bollocks. of it's all bollocks as far as I'm concerned. The balls of Mitch Catlin to ask a billionaire liberal donor to pay how much was it? A hundred thousand dollars in secret payments to fund the Liberal Party. Oh boy! Oh, there's a surprise. There's a surprise. Well, look, it's politician takes money under the table. In shock, shock, horror, horror. I know. It's like, whoa, what a... 
but no um so and this comes just a week after uh what's his name uh, dan andrews got uh, lampooned and pilloried for not uh n- not uh taking his own uh scandal seriously so there we go uh from the age the andrews government has asked the state's corruption watchdog to investigate whether opposite opposition leader matthew guy and his former chief of staff may have committed a crime by conspiring to engage in potentially corrupt conduct look i i, I what was the look, what I was the old shakespeare line that... the old shakespeare line was a pox on both your houses it and is, yes. and i think that is true of both the labor and liberal parties of victoria um what yeah. really needs to happen in particularly the state of victoria is there has to be somebody who is not inside the political machine mm. that can refer cases like this to an independent body committee. Yes. I called, I don't know, an anti corruption committee. But we already have one, Phoebe. This is this is the thing. But why is it not saying, hmm, everybody should have to go through all of the same rigmarole that every other sod does. What do you mean? So what I mean is, it should be, in my opinion, more of an automated system. Okay. Where anybody with credible evidence, so say a journalist, for example, uncovers this, Mm -hmm. they can then say, look, I have found this nonsense on this person. Please mm-hmm. investigate. As opposed to it all going through good old dance apparatus. Yes. Well, it is well, interesting. Re- Sorry. Really, the whole thing should be independent. So well, precisely, that's what I'm getting. At. Yeah. Exactly. So it should be a completely independent organisation that the government has no jurisdiction over and things get referred to them by whoever sees them. Well, it is interesting you say that. It is interesting you'll say that because uh, the head of uh, IBAC, the Independent Broad-Based Anti-Corruption Commission, has asked for independent funding. Mm. Because he wants, uh, yeah, he wants funding removed from the discretion of the government of the day and given to the state parliament. Which is uh, which is interesting because if a if the government doesn't like what IBAC is doing, then hey, we'll cut your funding, and that means you can't get things done, which uh, slows the wheels of justice. Not only does it slow the wheels of justice, it is sub judice. Oh, there's Those a... of you who don't know my Latin, Latin. It's a political <laughs> interference in the uh, legal process, which is a big no-no. Because do you know what that does? It takes this thing called the rule of law. Oh. And it has the politician lower their trousers, squat over it, and then dump some bricks of shit onto it. (laughs) Oh, there you go. That's that's a great... I'm sure that's in uh, University of Melbourne Legal 101, sub judice, taking a shit over the rule of law. If you break sub judice, you take (laughs) a shit on the rule of law. Indeed, indeed. And then you've got Clancy going, what on earth am I listening to? Yeah, exactly. This is a, this is English and Latin with, with Phoebe. It's, 
it's it's a bunch of turd talk. It's it is, shitty it this is. conversation, isn't it? But yeah, just this whole the whole thing. Um, so so no money was actually no money was actually produced. But I think that to sum up the story, uh, Matthew Guy's uh, chief of staff, Mitch Catlin, had emailed a, uh, a a very rich donor of the Liberal Party. Uh, not too sure who actually it was, but um, yeah, and basically asked this guy to pay a hundred thousand dollars in i think like eight monthly installments or something uh, into a fund that will then be re-diverted back to the liberal party in order to get around uh political donations laws because anything over a certain amount has to be uh declared and of course if you have undeclared money then hey that's a spare money you can do you can do things with uh in my it, opinion yes in your if you make a donation to a political party, no matter the size of the donation, it should be declared, even if it is just a couple of quid here and there. Yeah, that's uh, what well, the problem, though. Yeah, I know, like, over well, the year... especially if you're planning to claim it back on tax. Well, yes. Yes. But I was, was going to say, over the years, uh, particularly in the federal sphere, like the the declarable amount keeps on going down and down. I think it used to be like you know fifty thousand, then went down to uh, you know thirty thousand, and then if I'm not mistaken, ten thousand. Um, That's yeah, still so... insanely high in the UK. It's it's still a lot of money. One hundred and fifty pounds. Which is, I think, given given Australia's economy and the currency exchange, I think that is worth about ten thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I know I know here in Tassie they've been trying to bring in tighter um, rules for declaring political donations as yeah. well, and they have reduced right down to I think it's less than ten thousand dollars. It's probably a thousand dollars or something okay. like that now. Well, the, I mean the other thing is too is that they had a couple of times where organisations were making multiple donations in smaller amounts so yep, that yep. they didn't actually have to declare them. Which is essentially so, what this yeah, story $10, is about. Yeah, ten thousand dollars at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Or nine thousand um, nine hundred and ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents at a time. So <laughs> yeah. There you go. But I mean, the, the the ultimate question then has to be: What were they hoping to gain from the donations? Uh, money makes the world go around, uh, Clancy. There's a there's a song that I quite like. It's by a Swedish pop group. ABBA that won the Eurovision Song Contest. Money, 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 money. Must be funny. Boom, boom. Oh well, we're uh, we, we're covering all bases today. Well, now. actually, there's a nice little segue talking about singing groups. Is Judith Durham died? Ah, oh, yes, from the very Seekers. recent. She uh, passed away just last. Well, the, the news yes, came out today. just yesterday. Yeah. Uh, so at the age of seventy-seven. No, she was Yo. much older than that. Really? I thought. I yeah. Let's nine, I, I think, find... eighty-nine. Let's even find Judith Judith Durham in. Uh, I think I thought she. Uh... Anyway, no, no, keep keep going, Clarence. There you oh, go. Yes. There she is. Where was she? I didn't see her. You just you just scrolled past her. Oh. Poor old Judith. Do you oh, know that she they 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 had number ones in 
at the same time as the Beatles. Well, there we go. That's a, uh, that's, ah, oh, there we go. Yes, there is a, there you go. Because uh, there was Hey There, Georgia Girl. Yep. Uh, the carnival is over, Morningtown ride. Um, and I think they did We Are One. Uh, of course, we... she's a Tassie. She's a Tassie girl. Oh, I... Is she? Says here she was born in uh, Essendon. Well, she went to school here. Ah, she went to Fane School in Hobart. Yeah. Uh, where is Fane School? Barn school. Barn school. Oh, God. Um, oh, God. Okay, yes. Yeah. English lessons with Clancy. Well, you know, Tassie's weird like this. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. <laughs> like, true. Like Strawn. Strawn. Strahan. Is S-T-R-A-H-A-N. Yep. Yep. And then we've got two derbies. One's Derby, one's Derby. They're both spelt the same way. Of course, of course. <laughs> but no, um, she will be, uh, I think she's one of those musicians who is just universally loved. There was hardly a controversy about her career. There was hardly any sex scandals. There was no drug, you know, she didn't go on a drug bender and, you know, smash up the stage. Um, what a boring individual. <sighs> she just true, had a fantastic true. voice. Yeah, exactly. What a boring she has a fantastic... individual. And uh, yeah, and she was a leader. Mind you, of... she did change her name. She did change her name because her her real name was Cock. Yes, I Judith Cock. Mm. So Durham was probably a wise choice. Yes, I uh, wonder wonder where she got that from. But anyway, that's a. Uh, but no, um, very very good segue there, uh, uh, Clancy. Now, uh, next on the talking point. So this is going to be more up Phoebe's uh, Phoebe's alley. I don't mean that in any sexual way whatsoever. <laughs> Brighton Secondary College students drawing swastikas trying to be edgy, says former teacher. Oh, good. A grief. former Brighton Secondary College teacher said if students were drawing swastikas at school, it was because they're trying to be edgy 15 year olds and not making. Or were they trying to be extreme 15 year olds? Or thinking about the impact on Jewish students. Five former students, Matt and Joel Kaplan, Liam Arnold Levy, Guy Cohen, and Zach Snelling, are suing the government run school and the state of Victoria for negligence and failing to protect them as Jewish students under the United Nations Conventions on the Rights of the Child and Australia's Racial Discrimination Act. So, uh, Levy, you, are, you are much more Jewish than either myself or Clancy Phoebe. Uh, it's, it's Liam Arnold Levy, not Levy. Wow, I'm really getting. <laughs> I'm really getting my English uh, worked over today. But no, Phoebe, uh, tell us more. Like, do you think fifteen-year-olds oh. drawing swastikas is uh, edgy, or do you agree it's with an these indictment Jewish... on the education system of Brighton Secondary College if they are having students that have such tone deafness that drawing swastikas is considered quote edgy? And having teachers go, oh, yes, that's a wonderful thing. I'm just going to teach them it's edgy to, you know, draw swastikas and, you know, diminish, you know, symbols of a party that decided that it was going to be a good idea to try to eliminate an entire group of individuals from existing, be they gypsies, be they Jews, be they Slavs, be they people who were not heterosexual. Oh, you know, it's just, you know, it's just a little bit of edginess. You it's know. a bit of nothing, a jake. Nothing more. 
look, if these swastikas were Hindu swastikas and they were those symbols, fine. Got no mm -hmm. problem with Hinduism and Hindu swastikas, but it's when you draw them at a 45 degree angle and then you may put them in a white circle on a red with, with, with a with 90 degree, yeah, with a 90 degree uh, corners as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, you know what I'm saying. I, I, get, I get what you're saying. Um, I, I don't want to draw a picture, but I think we've uh, got the but idea. It's, but it's, uh, about being, it's about the intent. Well, and this is, this is the thing. Uh, do 15 year old kids uh draw swastikas out of true anti-semitism but here's the thing well, why are they drawing swastikas in the first place because they're trying to be cool and edgy it's like what 15 yeah, but why kids... is the school not instilling values in its um what's the word students. i'm looking for what yeah there's a different word i'm looking Look, for I... I did, I did have a read of this article and, and it was sort of interesting because basically what's happened is that these um, Jewish students have felt that they were being targeted, targeted and victimised uh, by other students at the school. But they brought complaints against some of the teachers um, and the teachers basically went, well, we didn't see any of this happening um we didn't witness you know the the allegations that have been made yeah um and flat out denied some of the allegations that the uh, students if, made if you read the if you read the highlighted paragraph it says uh nor did you see or hear nazi salutes or how hitler's and only recalled seeing one swastika which was doodled on a student's notebook in 2017. Yeah, but that yeah, that I doesn't sound like say, a culture I, of anti-Semitism. I don't think it was a culture of anti-Semitism. It doesn't sound like a culture, but what I would say is, whilst it may not sound like a culture, if you are seeing swastikas being daubed anywhere, and you are completely unaware as a 15-year-old of the cultural implications and the historical implications of that, what kind of an education in history and race relations and religious understandings have you actually been given up to that point? Well, I think this is what what the whole thing about being an edgy fifteen year old is: is that mm. yes, you are being you have been made aware of the cultural significance of swastikas, but you you draw it because you're trying to be edgy and cool and okay, be a little bit risky. Okay, okay. Would it be edgy, cool, and risky to draw a noose? Just I'm a sure noose there, there are some kids who have drawn nooses. Some kids who do. Would it be edgy, cool, and uh, whatever other words are synonymous here to draw, yeah. you know, two rectangles with a plane and some flames coming out of it? Would that be would that be edgy, cool, and you know, would that be edgy, uh, back in cool back in well? my high school? Yes, that would have been uh, yes. Um, I'm sure there would I'm, have been. I'm a... pretty sure a few kids did draw things like that at my school, and in fact, my year ten artwork was. Uh, a woman standing outside um, a grey jail with a headless corpse and a head hanging off barbed wire. And um, that's slightly my, different. That's an intentional political statement in a work of yes. art. And 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 my teacher tried to send me to the psychologist. But you know, <laughs> yeah, but I, 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 think, I think I think kids are always trying to push the boundaries. 
kids are always trying to push the boundaries and they're not always aware of the hurt that it can cause or the offence that it can cause. I'm not I'm not excusing that behaviour and I do agree with no. Phoebe to an extent that sure. these children should have probably had a little bit more uh, history and understanding of history. Yep. And maybe that's how the school should have addressed the allegations. Um, but, you know, at the same time, when I was in high school, very little Aboriginal history was taught at our school. Um, one of my teachers, my history teacher, happened to be Aboriginal and did actually teach us some Aboriginal history, but it wasn't in the curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's also, there's there's so much history that isn't taught. Sometimes it's a little bit difficult to nitpick the bits that are from the bits that aren't and what's more valuable to teach kids about. And I think possibly it's just got lost in the mix, Phoebe. It may have very well that it's got lost in the mix but this should be handled completely differently with public statements you can't go around excusing this as just edginess because what else do we start excluding do we start excluding as edginess burning of pride flags do we start excluding well, you, you, using the f, using the six letter f word to describe homosexuals? Yeah, that could also be or, a, you know six well, letter t the, word the to thing, describe trans is, people. The thing is, though, you know, everyone everyone who has a position has someone who is in an opposite position who doesn't agree with their position. Is it um, is it edgy though if you were burning crosses while wearing white hoods? Yes, is that edginess? Is that just another form of edginess as far as these teachers are concerned? Well, one one teacher who happened to be Jewish as well, because you look at the uh, look at this uh, paragraph here. Teacher Lana Goldstone uh, says she was hypersensitive to anti-Semitism as a Jewish woman whose family included Holocaust survivors, but did not experience a culture of anti-Semitism while at the school between two thousand fifteen two thousand eighteen. So, if a Jewish woman, it's Statements like that, which are much better from an optics point mm. of view than if you go back to the top, it's just 15-year-olds being edgy. <laughs> this is the problem well, I've got with it. The optics I mean, I, I, I'm, are in I'm, the I'm, toilet. I'm, I'm more concerned by the fact that, you know, these three Jewish students were, were so offended by certain things that they felt they had to shout at teachers about things that were supposedly happening um well one of them got offended the... one of them got offended by saying by a teacher saying shalom in front of the yeah. class yeah. humiliated him well, and contributed to him hiding his jewish identity I, what I... I will say what i will say is that i'm not casting aspersions here on fellow members of the same ethnic group as myself but there are some career plaintiffs who are very amenable to being the face of things like this. Uh, okay. Well, some people do enjoy taking offence. <laughs> this is my point. This yes. is my point. I'm agreeing If you're with taking you. offence by someone saying shalom to you. <laughs> You've got bigger <laughs> problems. Exactly, and that and that was that I mean, was sort of where I was I mean, going um, with that. I think it's I think it's you know, 
it, it's a little bit beyond a reasonable reaction. Uh, what and next? Speaking, a what... French student sues the school and they were hiding their French identity because teachers said bonjour. Bonjour. Basri. Yeah, anyway, let's, not, let's not go there. Uh, speaking bonjour, of... comment ça va, and then moved yeah. on. Speaking <laughs> of uh, um, extreme reactions, let's go over to Manly. Oh, Manly Warringah uh, Football Club. Oh, it was a rugby league club, but anyway, that's uh, neither here nor there. Uh, wasn't last weekend, I think weekend before, which yeah. was actually now a little bit of background so it was actually women's round in the national rugby league and for some reason uh manly decided to have a pride uh colored theme on their jerseys for that round uh seven players decided to stand down for that round because they were not consulted about the change to the uniform for that particular round So uh, basically, basically they were asked to wear a new jersey that had a rainbow band across it yes. to signify support for LGBTQI. Yeah, um, you know, it's but pretty innocuous, really. It's 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 not like it's being obvious, like all of the other things on there that are so supporting betting. So these people that are apparently devout Christians have got no problem with gambling advertising or alcohol advertising exactly. or cigarette advertising all over them. But, you know, if we stand up and try to say to a minority of our fans and potential players that we support you, Ooh, that's a little bit too hard, even though, you know, I've got no problem with taking this money from this great big gambling <laughs> sponsor across my chest. Yeah, yeah points exactly. bet. It's like, how big? Like, uh, seriously. And that, and that, and that's it's so stupid. Like, it was just uh, a ridiculous so Let me debate. see what the Manly uh, jersey looks like normally. I mean, I... if you if you're such if you're such a pussy that you you can't play football with it with some colours on on your shirt, then you shouldn't be playing football at all, should you? Mm. So the the Manly Points bet jersey, as I'm going to call it now, the Manly Points bet jersey, mm -hmm. which it's apparently not a problem for any of these you know strictly devoutly Christian mm. people who you know have uh, no problem ignoring the verse about. Jesus overturning tables in where tax collectors were, etc., which you know has white bands which have been replaced by rainbow bands. That's it, that's all they've done. So, where it's got points bit in the middle, the yep. normal jersey has white bands, and all they have done is replace it with rainbow bands. Yep, I'm just looking for... Okay, so I'm looking at uh, rebelsport.com.au. I don't know if you can see on the screen, but... Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. So I'm looking at... Yeah, their normal jersey is... Uh, yeah, two white bands uh, above the points bet and below the points bet. Uh, there is another... There's a retro jersey that has Pepsi Max on it. Um, no problem another... with, you know, taking money from a giant multinational corporation. Yeah, there's another one that has... Supporting... Uh, their kids are supposed has... to be supporting healthy. Ooh, it's a posh you know... one. Yeah, Ooh, literally. It's... Or is it poche? I don't know. I, given my my flubs for this episode, I'm not going to make make a bit either way. <laughs> I've already been corrected especially like four times. And this, especially as it's the Indigenous Health Network. Oh, you yes, don't want to so get we'll, uh, that wrong. Uh, the letters, the letters will come in. But no. Okay. So, what are your th so? 
I take it we are against. Uh, so, do we think these seven guys are buffets for standing down? Yes or no? They're absolute yeah, buffoons. They're... Sorry. They're absolute buffoons because I... they've taken a position that makes them look like makes them look like hypocrites. Okay. All right. Because because uh, where was it? Last year in the AFL women's competition, there was a pride round in which a Muslim player uh, stepped down. But here's the thing, though. As well. So I don't know if you can see the screen here. So for some reason, a Muslim, a Muslim woman is almost congratulated for her decision to step down for standing up for her religious beliefs. But seven guys in Sydney... Uh, standing but up for here's theirs. the question. Here's a question for you: Has she engaged in overt hypocrisy in doing this? Well, good question. I'm not too sure. I have no problem with individuals having consistent positions. Yes. What I have a problem with is rank hypocrisy on these issues. Mm -hmm. Yep. That is my problem. If she has engaged in rank hypocrisy in the same way that these seven males have engaged in rank hypocrisy, then I would treat her exactly the same. If she has not engaged in rank hypocrisy and has been consistent, so for example, as a Muslim, does she like reject an alcohol money it, it... from alcohol? Yeah, precisely. Does she reject money or from tobacco. alcohol sponsorship as well? Or, yeah. And tobacco as well. <coughs> or gambling or... Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yes. Does she... And so, for example, if a Jehovah's Witness was on the team and they were to say, <laughs> look, I believe this is a political statement. I don't get involved in politics because of my religion. And they were consistent throughout that. So say, for example, they refused to meet with politicians. They refused to meet with uh, state officials, for example, who were in political positions and they refused to be involved with this from a government and political body. That would be fine. But it's the rank hypocrisy that I've yeah. got a problem with. Well, the, their, their reason for standing down was they weren't consulted. But the problem well, is, like, whenever were they a... consulted with the jersey to start with? <sighs> Good question. And I think, like, with every single, like, whenever there's a themed round, let's say there's like an indigenous round, they will change the jersey temporarily to match the or to have an indigenous pattern on there. When that gets changed, are they are they then consulted about that? And I take it no. But is there an issue? No. It's only when the lack of consultation hits at their their, their inherent bigotry. Yes, that's what's probably the... Uh, pretty much. Pretty much, yes. Yep. So these individuals, whilst they may be thinking that, oh, yes, I'm just standing up and I'm going to look as if I'm a principled individual, they've actually made themselves look like complete morons and hypocritical idiots who have just shouted from the rooftops to every person out there, I, I am a homophobic games. bigot! Yes. Well, uh, you know, Phoebe, they are playing football. So, you know, I'm not sure if you can credit them with very high it's intelligence not football. to begin don't, with. It's not football, players. <laughs> do not know. It's no. not football. It's not football. Don't, don't not denigrate football. Not the world football. game. No, it's not, not, I wouldn't call it. I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't go, yeah. No. Don't footy. denigrate it's thug footy or soccer or even gridiron. Don't even denigrate gridiron. <laughs> oh, my this. God. Can't I? Why not? Gridiron's terrible. 
Is there is there a bounce button? Is there like a button I can click to you know? Oh, Jesus! The the blasphemy on the show. This is. I'm very egalitarian in my dis in my <laughs> You are, you are indeed. You are indeed. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, look. Well, this, is this may be one more thing to thank Israel Falau for. Just uh, you oh. know, hey, let's, don't get me uh, stuck, Israel Falau. No, but but <laughs> his his wife. I do love the response of his wife. I don't know if you can see. The oh, story. I saw that. So what was the story here? Uh, Peter Volandis, who was... Uh... Um, this is just an unfortunate situation where... True. That's... Uh... No, where was it? Where was it? No. Um... Oh, hello. I've got a picture of two girls kissing. Yeah, that's a... Well... Do you think Israel Falau would, would have posed that on the, uh, on the uh, playing field? Uh, possibly, possibly not. No, no, there was a... Uh, there I was have a, a feeling he might have. There, well, oh, here we go. This is sorry, what am I talking about? Here we go. This Maria Falau. Maria Falau, yeah. So, Peter Volandis came out and said that, um, uh, what, what did Peter Volandis say that uh, rugby league is welcoming of all opinions and beliefs and cultural culture? And all? oh, here we go. Absolutely, we're very proud that we are a game for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, but it seems including that, Israel Falau, except for Israel Falau, because uh, Maria Falau has come out and said. Uh, what is Izzy? A donkey. What? <laughs> Start again. Okay, Stay okay, so, so so Peter Volandi said, we're all human beings at the end of the day, but at the same time, you have to respect the players' religious and cultural beliefs. Those players are taking a stance and they have every right to. To which Maria Falau has posted on Instagram, we're all human beings at the end of the day, so what's Israel? My husband, a donkey? Oh, is that what that was meant to be? Yes, yes, because oh, Israel Folau got is, is effectively banished from the NRL because of his famous stouches with uh, another football code. But the problem with Israel, yeah, but that Folau was a bit different. Was... He was he was posting public hate speech about homosexuality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but you have to respect the players' religious beliefs. This is this is the thing. Yeah, but you have a right to your own religious beliefs, and you have a right to it being respected. You don't have a right to manifest your religious belief on other people in the way that Israel Falau was doing so. Yeah, and look, and the point is too is these players, the seven players. They stood down. They didn't actually speak about it publicly. They just stood down and said that they didn't want to wear it. It wasn't mm -hmm. like it was they were posting. Look at Israel Falau getting on his high horse, going exactly. Yes, that's. Well, uh, no, I, 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 I will stand. I will stand with uh, Maria Falau here in that. Yes, if poli if someone comes out and says rugby league is a game for everybody, regardless of your belief, but then you actively oppose the participation of one player because of his expression of his religious belief, then, yeah, I think... Here's the thing. I don't think Israel Falau was excluded because of the expression of his religious belief. I think Israel Falau was excluded because he's a complete idiot that doesn't understand how well, PR works. NRL players in general do not have a high IQ. NRL players are not famous for their high IQ, Phoebe. I'm but, not making but he, any... But he also posted public commentary yeah. on a public platform that went contrary to his contract. Yeah, which is what platform in a way that was out there to violate equality law. Okay, but if you look at other NRL players who have, uh, let me see if I can, uh, NRL player. Mal Meninga. <laughs> Speaking of Mal Meninga, 
he is the first episode on the Rugby League World Cup podcast. He is Mal Meninga. Is. Okay, cool. That's because he, Mal Meninga, you'll remember, had the uh, shortest oh, yes. of Australian history. He, uh, he, he cancelled he... himself halfway through his opening sentence. <laughs> Okay, so I'm just looking at a uh, a very brief uh, article here. I'll wait for it to load up. But I, I will say that other NRL players have, like, bashed women, have threatened women, have released uh, sex tapes of them having sex with other women, and, like, to the point that they get criminal convictions, and it's like, oh, okay, all right, yeah, you, uh, you're a bit of a naughty boy, all that kind of stuff, but... Right, wait That's for disgusting in and of itself. Yeah, true, true. But what, what NRL? A... If the NRL is not suspending those players and then excluding those players, that is disgusting. It I'm reminds afraid, me in America. Uh... It reminds I, I... me in America. It reminds me in America. Uh, Derek Jeter and Hope Solo. Derek Jeter was chucked out of his sport when he was caught knocking his wife about. Oh, okay. Hope right. Solo was caught knocking family members about, and uh, MLS did nothing. USFA did nothing because Hope Solo was the number one goalkeeper for the uh, yeah. women's national soccer, soccer team, team. Yes, and they were winning World Cups. Yep. Where Derek Jeter was been mate. Yeah. Oh. Oh, in his, in his prime though, who was quite okay. So yeah. this is uh, so Payne Haas, who plays with the Brisbane Broncos and is in the New South Wales Origin side. Uh, because the, the part of the transcript here, because you're woman, you think I won't touch you. Uh, transcript of Giant Forty Stars explosive showdown with three cops as he threatens to bash a female officer in front of his pregnant girlfriend. That <laughs> doesn't seem to, uh, yeah, get in. Violence against women is unacceptable in all forms. Oh, I, I, I agree, but it's just for some. It's just weird how. Let me see if he's actually been. Uh... No, he is actually part of the Brisbane Broncos. He is. I'm oh, looking. Crying out. I loud. am looking. I'm looking at. Okay, let me let me show. Let me show you on the screen. I'll just share the screen with. Clancy, Clancy. <laughs> There's a reason you and I are loudmouth women. It's Here we go. This like is this, this is the guy. This is the guy who threatened to bash a female officer, and he is listed on the Brisbane Broncos, Brisbane Broncos team page. You know, consistently one of the best forwards in the NRL. It is no surprise that Haas has brought the Dally M Prop of the Year award in 2021. Yeah. All I will say is that awards like that lose their value, like the uh, American. Here we go. So, so, sorry, 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 Phoebe. Yeah. Uh, 2022 season, 16 appearances this season. So you can threaten a female cop and still have a wonderful career with a top flight club. But you say something bad about gay people. Oh, no, 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 no. We can't, we can't have you here. No, no, not, not at all. No, that's. That is hypocrisy, my friend. Yes, and there's hypocrisy to go around everywhere. Uh, but indeed, not... yes. <laughs> but I just find it interesting there's, that, you know... There's hypocrisy going on in the NRL up the wazoo. <laughs> the NRL yes. has a serious problem with hypocrisy and with consistent messaging. 
Yeah, Indeed. NRL. All I can say is, by the look on Clancy's face, there, she just wants to throttle the NRL. Well, that's. Uh... I, ju I just want them to cease to exist, basically. Uh, then what are um, the thugs going I'm... to do? <coughs> it's not called. Um, it's not called thugby for no reason. Thugby <laughs> league, yes, my thugby mom league, used to thugby, league. thugby league, and thugby union. Okay, uh, what are your thoughts on private schools, ladies? Well, as somebody who went only to private school for her entire schooling. Um, I think they should cease to exist as well. Well, uh, and they definitely no and they definitely should be given they I definitely should no be given any public school. funding. In in well, uh, Clancy, in Victoria, you've got your wish. Yay! Yay! So, um, this is uh, in my part of the world, uh no, not near me, but uh probably about probably about 70 k's north of me there is a small country town just outside the melbourne fringe called kilmore in there is a private school called kilmore international school uh, which recently changed its name to colmont school i don't know why and now it's fallen into financial ruin because they made a killing well someone made a killing and it's okay so any of you see see on the screen this gentleman here with his uh with he his made love, more of a killing Yes, uh, with his love, <laughs> with his lovely wife. Um, so, so what happened? Yeah, things like about two weeks ago, I think, right around the time we recorded last, this school uh, collapsed. So all the kids went to school one day, and then by lunchtime, I thought that was a different school. I thought this was the second one that went. No, past. no, no. This is a no. This is a, this is this is this is it. They shut their doors. They shut their doors. Is this the they one in they... New Brighton. Yeah. Wasn't there one in New Brighton? Is this the one? I don't know New where Brighton? New Brighton is. Uh, no, Brighton. We had about. a we had a problem with Brighton. Is there such a problem with Brighton that they need to make a new Brighton? Well, there's a few Brightons around. Isn't there? oh, there, there there's is a Brighton indeed. here in Tasmania. There is indeed. So yes, uh, so Colmont School uh, collapsed. All the kids have now have to find new schools. New and in it, New South Wales. Sorry? New Brighton is a town in New South Wales. Oh, okay. All right. Well, it's a... Uh, I, ho I hope it's Brighton shiny and new, as the name uh, implies. But uh, back to the real back to the real issues of the day. Uh, so what happened here? Uh, yeah, so the kids were basically kicked out of their school by lunchtime. And on the, on the news, there's a whole bunch of, uh, of kids crying and parents crying in their... Um, but because this is a very pricey uh, private school, all the parents are crying in front of their very large BMWs and Mercedes mm. and, you know, Teslas. And uh, I, I'm no socialist by any means, but I, I don't feel too much sympathy, you know, for... I, I feel sorry for the kids who have had their education disrupted, but I, I don't feel too much for the parents crying in front of their Teslas, if you get what mm -hmm. I mean. No, I, I tend to agree with you. So yeah, but they but... they ran they so they also ran the um international baccalaureate degree too. They, they so did... they had a lot of international students. Yes. So one <clears throat> one of the reasons they collapsed was because of the COVID uh the border lockdowns was that the, mm. the very like so I think uh, in this school uh international students were being charged like thirty six thousand a year. Which is, which is which is quite pricey, quite pricey, um, and the average wage in 
this part of the world. Yeah, it's about yeah. You're looking you're looking at a good uh, yeah half a year's uh, two thirds of a year salary uh, for that. Um, yeah, so that. But now the other reason why this school collapsed, and it goes back to this picture that I had uh, showed you before. So this gentleman here, Ray Whitmer, who founded the school back in the 1980s, um, he had done, he had set up some very elaborate contracts. There was a, a contract to run the grounds and the property and the intellectual property of the school. And there was another, there was a Chinese organization that was contracted to actually run the school. And they all had to pay rent to this man here, Ray Whitmer, which went to like a few million dollars a year. Yeah. That's always suspicious. Yes. What yeah. is always what is what is always suspicious? And he was then? he was char he was charging some other weird fees too, like yeah. license fees for the use of the name and things yeah, like yeah, which that. Yeah, which is which is the intellectual property. Okay, so mm. that so he received three million eight hundred seventy thousand six hundred sixty six dollars in rent. Rent? Yes, for rent. <laughs> you could have bought. Here go. Witness confirmed he was he was yep. Paid $10 million from the school over 20 years to let it use the Kilmore International School name, uniforms Beautiful. and other intellectual property. That's, I don't know. And then the monies were paid under an open-ended licensing agreement the school board entered into when he was the board chairman. <gasps> Shock, horror. Maybe I'm in the wrong profession. Maybe I should open a school. Yep. Nancy, he, I'll do come down to Taz. We'll find a nice bit of real estate in Hobart and we'll set one up together. Oh, no, real estate in Hobart's hard to come by now. It's pretty expensive here. You just don't... <clears throat> no, 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 no. You don't need to buy it. You just need to get somebody to pay you for the licensing rights to use your name on their real estate. Oh, yeah. The Chinese company that brought the Kilmore School assets operates a school in the island province of Hainan. Um... <laughs> Yeah, it's a, yeah. So basically, there's a Chinese company that is actually running an Australian school because that's bust. what that that's what you do. Yes, that's uh, yes. But no, apparently there were warnings. Like someone had actually blown the whistle to ASIC. Who? <laughs> Let me see if there I can actually warnings find. like Mal Meninga about his own political uh, career. Ah, uh, here we go. The whistleblower complaint, which ASIC did not investigate. Oh, what oh, a fucking what goodness. a fucking surprise what a fucking for goodness sakes indeed why yeah. oh why oh anyway uh speaking well speaking of uh, of bad decisions and uh silly silly ideas let's go to the senate let's go to our favorite orange head senator pauline hansen who apparently said uh, about bali um, Bali was totally different to other countries when it came to disease control. Cattle roam the street, cattle shit on the ground, people walk in that shit. That shit is then brought back in their clothing and on their person and back into this country. <laughs> you're, you're reaching there, Pauline. You really are reaching. Uh, actually, actually, as someone who is That's, kind of familiar... It's true, though. As someone who's familiar with true. Indonesian culture, it may very well you know, be true, but I think that she is reaching the 
because I think that we're watching, we're looking at the embodiment of shit in the Australian Senate whenever we look at Paul. Oh no, no, we 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 will get to that in a sec. Don't you don't you worry about that. But she's she's obviously quite happy to shit where she eats, but you know, it is true. But uh, a, a member of President Joko Widodo's cabinet, uh, Santiago Uno, has kind of come back against those uh, comments by Pauline Hanson. And, uh, uh, well, yes, uh, don't disturb well, our was, peace. Don't disturb our basically peace. Basically, it, criti- it was a criticism of, of the fact that they've got a foot and mouth outbreak in Bali. Yes. And they were asking, they were asking people who were returning from Bali to sterilise their shoes. On these, which uh, is a lovely... perfectly reasonable request. That is completely reasonable. Yes, yes. Uh, on these, yes. on these like little uh, like uh, soaking mats or something. Like you step on them, yeah. and so this little acid wash goes over your feet a few times these and, and that kills have been the germs. Place when you enter farms in England for decades. Yeah, I mean, I have a, I have exactly. a farm-based degree, and I mean. When I was actually working in that industry, when I used to go to America, I used to I have to fill out these great big long questionnaires because of my then profession. And it was like, are you bringing your work overalls with you on this trip? <laughs> no. Why the blinking heck would I do that? It's an anomaly, yeah. mate. Not a bloody, I'm not working here. Do you yeah. wear these this footwear whilst you are tending to cattle? No. <laughs> Look, the thing is, I've, I I have been to Bali, and um, okay. promised myself I would never return. Okay. Um, didn't have a good experience in Bali. Too too many buildings. Um, yeah, too many beaches and Bali bellies and infections oh, okay. as well. I've had I've had Bali. Bellies. I look. No, yeah, I I I didn't have a good experience at all. Um, I would have liked to have travelled more widely in Indonesia in the country, oh, yeah, not yes, in yep. Legian, which is where I was based. Oh, yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, I didn't get that opportunity. I made the mistake of going with a couple of gay friends of mine from university and all they wanted to do was go to expat um, drag oh, queen bars. Oh. So, yeah. Oh. It's not. No. Oh, I got I got prop I got propositioned by a lovely Javanese drag queen, but you know that was probably the high point of my whole trip. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but they do they do have cattle in the streets, and they you know it depends where you go, of course. Well, well but um, you know, to... I think it's a perfectly go, it's a reasonable request for a fact that they're having a, a foot and mouth outbreak to request that return travellers do practice some basic hygiene measures to stop yeah. spreading it. Yeah, indeed, I, mean, indeed. I have no problem with what's being said here, but it's the way that it has been enunciated by... <laughs> well, <laughs> by you Senator know, Hanson. Well, he's never party. been known for her tact. No. No. Phoebe, Phoebe, we, think... Phoebe, we are talking about the woman who, when lots of African she migrants... Wear a burka on the floor of the Senate? Yeah, she wore a burka on the floor. Okay, that's one thing she's Actually, done. Actually, I've got a funny little aside about the burka story, which is a nice go segue on, into go something go else on. that's just go, happened go, recently. Go on your, your scallywag. So, so we've just had our first, or and one of the youngest and first Muslim oh, yes. um, yes. senators into Parliament. Um, something or other. And... And she made she made an interesting comment um, when they were asking her about um, her first entry, and she said, 
I'm one of the first women to wear Muslim garb in Parliament, but not the first because Pauline got there first. <laughs> uh, Fashima Payman from Western Australia. <laughs> yes. 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 No, um, during uh, Melbourne's very strong, uh, very long COVID lockdowns, uh, Pauline Hanson wanted Australia Post to send One Nation merchandise to every single apartment in those housing uh, housing trust flats, which are very highly dense with African migrants. Mm. With, uh, which oh, I'll see if I can find the actual uh, story, but yeah. So we, Pauline Hanson is not no noted for her. She's tactless. Yes, tactless. Mm -hmm. I think that's the polite way of stubby holders. That's right. Yes, she wanted us. She wanted stubby holders with her picture on it on one side, and then I've got the guts to say what you're thinking on the other. To a very highly, uh, to a very high Muslim concentration area. Stubby holders for Muslims. Stubby holders. Come no, on. you know they are good for other cold beverages. Yeah, true, like milkshakes or something, but or even coffee if you you know. Well, you know. <laughs> and, it's and this, not and, just and, it's not just for beer. True, uh, but this was just after she had. Oh, I might have to put this on the on the screen as well because it's just it's almost comical. Okay, where was it? Where was it? Ah, oh, and so she had just. Uh, I'll highlight it here. She just called those towers uh, places full of alcoholics and drug addicts, and then she wanted these stubby holders that had no hard feelings written on them to be sent to these african migrants did australia the, alco the alcoholics the alcoholic muslims yes did australia post tell her to sod off no 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 because christine holgate here needed pauline hansen's support in the senate to allow uh changes to be made to the australia post charter Oh, that's so right. She was the one that got sacked for giving watches. out watches. Giving out watches. Yes, yes, yes. But I remember that. Yeah, oh, there, there's there's that an episode. The there's here, actually an episode we could do uh, sometime later on. But um, yeah. So rather than tell her to sod off, Christine Holgate said, "Hmm, I will entertain your idea. Let me think about it for a, <laughs> for a while." Australia Post threatened to go to the AFP. Unless the city of Melbourne delivered more than a hundred One Nation branded stubby holders to residents of North Melbourne public housing towers that were at the time in July under COVID lockdown rules to prevent the spread of COVID 19. One Nation had sent the stubby holders in the mail just days after Hansen had on breakfast television referred to the 3,000 residents of the towers as alcoholics and drug addicts, accusing them of not following social distancing rules and being COVID spreaders. For <laughs> goodness sakes. Oh, so it just, it just gets better. It just gets better. <sighs> yep. Uh, where was it? There was a... 
Um, Hated oh. cheap says Melbourne Tower resident well, uh, yeah, after yeah. Pauline Hanson's stubby holder stunt. Yes, that's a. Uh... Uh, here we go. So the Asia report, yeah, you re read about that there. But yes, they were. But yeah, basically, Christine Holgate needed Senator Hanson's support. Uh, because yeah, they need to make legis le legislative changes to the uh, yeah to the charter. But um, speaking of speaking of Senator Pauline Hanson, who is she upset this time? She has upset. The Indigenous people of Australia. Oh, I'm so surprised. Yes, because oh. she she walked out during the uh, acknowledgement to country. Mm. White European woman <coughs> storms out of uh, ceremony to uh, recognise Indigenous Australians, claiming country is hers, not theirs. Well, it's more ours, not just not just yours, kind of thing. But um, yeah, so uh, the Senate uh, started She's claiming squatters' rights with her yeah. with her lovely uh, flair uh, with... of Irish Celtic hair. Yes, uh, I'm just trying to see where the uh, uh, so this is this is actually the response to it. But no, um, where was it? Was either last week or the week before uh, the Senate actually started? Uh, Parliament had resumed. And typically, at the start of each sitting session, the uh, the speaker of the either the lower house or the upper house will read out a statement acknowledging uh, that, that uh, I think the Wurundjeri people, as the uh, traditional custodians of the land, that pay respects to the elders, past, present, and uh, future, um, all that kind of stuff. But and emerging, emerging. I also said future. Um, yeah. But yes, uh, and uh, Senator Hanson kind of walked out on that. And uh, okay, let me see if I can actually find a more detailed article about that. Sorry, I'll. Uh... I'm unsurprised. I'm you're unsurprised. Okay, cool. That's uh, that's. You're you're unsurprised. Pauline Hanson did something. Uh... Oh, look at that lovely red hair. Getting, are you getting ideas about that lovely red hair? Don't no, you? no, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go that. Wouldn't go that red. Would you go that red, Clancy? Um, maybe in the face. After a few. After <laughs> Is a few that what COVID did to you? Is that your long COVID? <laughs> you go red in the face with long COVID. Uh, after a few bevs, I do. Yes. I do have rosacea, however, so that doesn't help. But um, I have actually had my hair that red. Okay. Photos? Yep. Photos? Yeah, I've got, I've got photos. Okay. As an acknowledgement of country was read by President of the Senate, Sue Lyons, the Queensland Senator interjected to say she didn't and never would acknowledge Indigenous lands in Australia before walking out. In a statement, a spokesperson for Senator Hanson said the acknowledgement was a divisive statement. Like many non-Indigenous Australians, Senator Hanson considers this country belongs to her as it much it does belong to any other Australians, Indigenous or otherwise. From this point forward, Senator Hanson will refuse to acknowledge country in the Senate. Senator Hanson does not accept that acknowledgement of country is any sort of Indigenous Australian tradition. People don't expect to be 
having the tradition of electing you over and over again. Oh, guess well, this... what? It happens. It happens. Well, this is this is the thing. Uh, I actually agree that, uh, like, from my understanding, and I'm happy for either of you, especially you, Clancy, to correct me because you understand their culture more than I do. But my understanding was that acknowledgement to country was uh, started in the 1970s. Yeah, it's 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 a fairly recent thing. It's yeah, not um traditional, but it's it's only really just taken off in the last few years. Yes, yes. Um, so it it used it used to be strictly acknowledgement of country by Aboriginal people to other people welcoming them on their country. Yeah. Um. So, for instance, you know, um, the Wiradjuri, you know, tribe, if they were having any sort of a, a gathering on their land mm-hmm. that was being run by them, then there would be a welcome to country. Yep. And it's a little bit like the um I don't know if you've been to New Zealand, Damien. No. But the Maori the Maori have a tradition um when anyone comes into their Marae, um to their to their their lands, mm-hmm. um there is a similar sort of thing where they have a ceremony where they welcome you by singing a song okay. and you're supposed to accept by singing a song. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a similar cultural tradition and, and there's, you know, similar sorts of things around the world really. It's not just exclusively an Aboriginal thing here. I know the um, Native um, North American um, peoples have similar sorts of traditions as well. Um, but look, <laughs> it used to annoy me a little bit because it was sort of like everyone just jumped on the bandwagon and started doing it. And yeah. a lot of places are really doing it when it's not strictly required. Like for every. Well, I suppose day. the question is when is it required? When is it required? So it should be. It should and, be and by part who? of. And by well, who? It, and for what reason? It's. I think when. <laughs> I mean, these days we sort of do it for everything. So any any type of a, a public event mm-hmm. is an acknowledgement of the original inhabitants. Um, I think that's fair enough. I don't think it needs to be done for private meetings and things like okay. that all the time. I'll, I'll, I'll pause you there for a sec, uh, Clancy, um, because I'll tell you a story. Um, about five, ten years ago in my part of Melbourne, they were plan the government the state government was planning on building a youth prison uh just like in in our local government area there was widespread public anger about the plan uh there was a public rally like a public protest in a very in a very large public meeting place and our local mp joanne ryan actually got up on stage and she actually gave a welcome to country on the stage at this protest about putting a youth prison in in the electorate, mm. and the the crowd visibly groaned, like I could you could hear the groan as a, uh, okay, and like Joanne Run literally says something like, "I can't get in front of a microphone without giving an acknowledgement to the, you know, traditional um, owners." Yeah, tradi- traditional owners. Now I wouldn't, I could not see any traditional people there. Uh, in in that crowd, and I don't know what particular use a welcome to country given by uh, a Caucasian woman. Well, that would have been culturally inappropriate. If she's doing an acknowledgement of country, that's fair enough. So, I mean, I put on events where I've I've done an acknowledgement of country, 
Well, no, so, she, well, she literally uh, said, you know, um, I uh, acknowledge the, uh, I forget the name. Yeah, the so that's people. an acknowledgement of country. A welcome to country is by one of the traditional owners. So you can't you can't do a welcome to country unless you're actually a traditional owner from that country. So, you know, so okay, that's I suppose, sort of... I- I suppose who who is benefiting from an acknowledgement of country and how many times do you have to do an acknowledgement of country before it starts to become uh, uh, trite like you just do it you know you just go you do it because you're going through the motions um and again like who's actually benefit who's actually benefiting from there like how many times you have to it's like saying hello to someone over and over and over and over again how many times you have to say hello to someone before it starts to get a bit you know yeah and and look I, i i agree with you to an extent it's it has it has become part of day-to-day um courtesy i guess now in a lot of places and and definitely here in tassie it's it's pretty much an occurrence that happens anytime there's any sort of public event um but yeah i i again i as i said before i don't think it's necessary for private meetings but Mm -hmm. in government in public service they've tended to make that a thing as well so every time we have any sort of meeting at work they do an acknowledgement um but are, are there that's... any are there any indigenous people in in the room when that acknowledgement is given well how do you know how do you so, know so, there someone, might someone be. can say hey i'm indigenous thank you very much for i feel yeah, better but... now that the government has acknowledged yeah i answer. think i think I'm they've gonna, just decided I'm gonna, that i'm gonna say when does it get said so much that it, it become meaningless yeah and, yeah. and to and to whose benefit? This is the, this is the thing. To whose like? Do Indigenous people feel like does the common Indigenous person on the street feel better knowing that a parliamentarian at a protest about a government prison, you know, has acknowledged? Here's a, here's, a, here's, a, here's what it feels like. It feels like that they're just patting Indigenous people on the head, going, "Oh yes." Yes, thank you very much. We we acknowledge that now. now yeah, thank thanks for your end. Yeah, yeah, bugger off. We acknowledge it yeah, was yours. Like, oh look, yeah, and look, I I, I move on now. And look, yeah. to, a, to a point, like it is I, a bit condescending in in some ways. I I agree with you. It is a bit condescending. I I look. I haven't really had the conversation with any of my Aboriginal friends, okay. but it is something that you know the next time something like that comes up in conversation I'll ask I did ask one of my um, friends who's a um, well-respected elder from Cape Barren Island about doing the um, the wording for it and how it should be phrased because when I put on an event on Bruni Island um, and we did have a very brief chat about how the right way to do it was and she basically said look a lot of places are just you know, not doing it or overdoing it. Okay, all right. So, because... so it really doesn't have to be a big thing. All you really have to do is say we acknowledge the traditional owners of this land. Yeah. Um, like for, it only like, has to be a couple of sentences. Okay, like for example, every bank branch you walk into has an acknowledge a, a plaque with the acknowledgement of country on it. 
Now, I don't know how many Indigenous people are walking to banks and going, hey, this bank has a plaque acknowledging the traditional custodians Oh, great. Of the well, land. they give me a loan so I can buy my own land back. <laughs> Here's, the thing, yeah. though. Here's the thing, though. Isn't that the same as just, like, a plaque saying, yes, this building was opened by John Smith? Yeah, yeah true. Yep. Let's... And how many people are going, Look, you know, oh, yes, isn't it great John Smith opened this building? Yeah. But I think I think it's I think it's as with any culture or any group, they're not they're not homogenous. I mean, we've had this discussion no. before. Just because you're Aboriginal, it doesn't mean you think like every other Aboriginal person, or you agree. Well, this this is gets this, this gets to identity politics then as well, yeah. because what I've noticed. I don't want to get too much of a discussion on this, but with identity politics, if you're Indigenous, you are expected to think like every other Indigenous person. If you are white, yeah. you carry the guilt of the white people you're who came to. You're supposed to, but just because you're white. Sorry, sorry, Phoebs? And you're supposed to just because you're white. Like, going back to the earlier thing, I, as a Jewish person, am supposed to be grotesquely offended by the swastika. Only ones that are 45 degree angle with a 90 degree turn, but yeah, that's uh, well, yeah, no, that's they're, they're... But, but, uh... but this, this is the thing it's like, I mean, it, I, 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 yes, I used to roll my eyes a fair bit, and I did still do sometimes because I do think that it's overdone, and I think we do it too much in private settings. I think it's fair enough, as I said, when you're at a public event and you're acknowledging the fact that you're putting on this public event, like... um. We also have it on all our emails now. Yes, There's always, like, yep, yep. you know, in part of our signature. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's, 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 it's basically paying lip service. I think I think now it is yes. I think it's yeah. a little bit it's a little bit like saying I love you to your partner so many times that it then kind of loses the meat. Like loses its significance. Yeah, ex exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now, just or just, it's just like giving a child chocolate every day and saying yes. it's a treat. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Now I was going to say because right after Paul, the the Senate President or the Speaker of the House gives the acknowledgement of the country, they go into the Lord's Prayer. And they say the Lord's Prayer so rote and so, like, robotically mm. and going through the motions and, and all that. So I'm not too sure if Senator Hanson is a Christian or not. But, you know, if she, if she isn't a Christian, why doesn't she then walk out and say, hey, stop the prayer, I'm not a Christian. Can you not pray for me? I don't agree with this. Well, and there are moves afoot to stop the Lord's Prayer in Parliament. So there have been a couple of members recently okay. who've said uh, we don't want it anymore. And given that Fashima Payment is now a Muslim senator... It would you know, be inappropriate. We'll, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think the only, the only justification for the Lord's Prayer is that the Queen Lizzie is uh, head of the Anglican Church as well. So there is a tie back to to that. That may be the only reason why. One but more I don't reason to get rid to of the monarchy. One more reason to get rid of the monarchy. <laughs> or, or get rid of the church. Yep. I, 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 either exactly. one. Both. Or just both. Both of them. In one the... fell swoop. But speaking of hey, a Queen... Rowan Williams, you're out of a job. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> but speaking of Queen Lizzie being put offside, uh, Lydia Thorpe, she... Uh... Oh, not her. Oh, yes. Uh, yep. Yeah, I'm sorry, but yes. Oh, Lydia, Lydia Thorpe. Thorpe. Oh, yes. God. I... 
don't like her and there Are is... You're a fan a... of Lydia Thorpe, Clancy? Um, I have to say I've never actually heard of the woman before. I thought she... you were going to get up and walk out like Pauline Hanson there. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just, I, I, I had a very long jumper on and it was getting very warm oh, in in my room. We're turning the, sun's we're turning the heat up in Tasmania. Okay. How dare we use the historically heavy. accurate term like colonizer for the Queen of Queen. England? Okay, so countries. so what happened was uh, not I think on the same day as Pauline Hanson uh, had her dummy spit about the, uh, the the welcome to the country, Lydia Thorpe, who was a Green senator for Victoria, who is that, who who, who states she is an Indigenous woman. Uh, I don't doubt it for a second of it. She 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 states that she is. Uh, she was being sworn in uh, in the Senate. And what actually happened? What actually happened? She, what, uh, I'm trying to work out exactly what happened, but she, what? she deliberately, she, she colonizing. Delib yeah, no, no, no. I think she deliberately flubbed the, the oath she was meant to take. And she, she basically described the queen as the colonizer. And then she was warned that unless she says the oath correctly, she will not be a senator. To which the then, to which she then actually got it right, but then walked back with like in a black power salute, as you see on the screen there. Mm. Just a solidarity salute, as it is now. Uh, I've, I, yeah, black power solidarity, whichever one. But yes, um, yeah. So I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Where politicians meet, they should not be surprised by political statements being made. Well, but this is this is the weird thing, though, in that Lydia Thorpe agreed to, uh, how can I say, work in the Senate in the Queen's house. Yes. And she... Yeah, she but the only way you're going to change the system is from within, isn't it? But she's not, changing, she's not changing anything. All she's doing is looking like, frankly, a petulant child. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I have very, I have very little respect for Lydia Thorpe because she, to me, she seems very hateful, very spiteful, very, you know. I have, very I have, I have a lot of issues with Lydia Thorpe politically, and her as a. How can I say this politely? As I've got to state it in terms of service, as somebody who is a very insecure individual who has a overinflated sense of self. Very, very well put. Very well put. So, but as Frank says, the only way you're going to change this is from the inside. But I think that what she's doing is that she's not going about this in the right way. Hell no. Hell no. I think she's just making us, like, she needs people like me on her side. Like, people who are slightly, who, who don't see too much of a problem with the current system, to be on her side to actively work to change the current system but things like they need this. to shift the Overton window to include you in it. Sorry, sorry, Phoebs. They need to shift the Overton window so that you are included. Well, if if they want that. if they want to include people like me in there, then I kind of need to see they that. They need to shift the Overton window. And what what, what is an Overton window? It's Tell me, no. The Overton window is the. There is a political theory that says that only a set spectrum of things and it moves okay. are politically palatable. 
So, for example, nationalisation of all banks is not within the Overton <coughs> window. Ah, yes, I'm just reading the wiki on the Overton window at the moment, and yes. Sorry, I've never so actually need... heard of that phrase. So, you need to, so, for example, income tax, when it was first uh, uh, proposed, was outside the Overton window. And it was only by shifting the Overton window to include the income tax as something that was acceptable was it then able to be introduced yes or well, there you go for the clients that's on that's on the screen uh, on on the screen yeah, yeah i'm just I, looking I, it up now yeah and <laughs> I, suppose, I suppose maybe same-sex marriage is a good example of the over of the overton window uh as long as uh, as, as you're saying privatization of banks um in that yeah it starts off as unthinkable and radical and then slowly becomes a uh, po policy acceptable yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. See, carbon Look, taxation I, as well but as I'll... i said I'm, i i'm i'm not familiar with lydia thor so um i come at this from an Agnostic. completely unprejudiced point of view mm -hmm. um however if i was in her position i possibly would have done something similar because um, you know, the, uh, in the article that you were looking at before, someone had actually said as an aside that none of us like it. Well, why don't you change it then? Like, seriously. Probably, the only, probably yeah, because it goes down know, to the Constitution or yeah, something something like that. Because, well, because then of the... change the freaking Constitution. So this, and we, this, we, we this tried, 20, we tried 23 years ago and yeah, I know. we said no. But this has always been my problem. Tradition is peer pressure from dead people, you know? And, <laughs> and most of it's not relevant. I'll tell you what the problem with tradition is. The problem with tradition is when you end up with five idiots on the US Supreme Court saying, well, tradition doesn't have this, that and the other. So then they go and make laws based on what they think is and isn't tradition. Mm. Well, then that's that's true too. But, uh, but this is the thing too. Is like, it's just what you think it should be, not how it actually should be. Not, it's just, yeah. Tradition is one of these things which is the most subjective of things. It's like when people say, oh, it's just common sense. That is one yeah. of the most subjective things you can say. I do. It's like why women take their husband's surname rather than the other way around. Well, just because it's tradition. Because it's tradition, because it's tradition as part of marriage that the woman is yes. no longer her own independent human being. She's now owned by her husband. Absolutely. In Victorian England, you owned three things and you were allowed to do with them as you please. You know, people, people, what were they, people forget, what were they were allowed people to forget. own... People forget that only 30, 30 or 40 years ago, women had to get their husband's signature so they could get their own credit card or a mortgage yeah. or, you know, any of those England, other things. Yeah. But in Victorian England, a man owned his house, his dog and his wife and could do with them as, as he, he pleased. Well, look, yeah. you remember the old saying, is the man of the house in? Hmm. Because, you know, if you had to, yeah, if I, oh God, for about two and a half days, I used to work a door-to-door -door sales job. And yeah, from memory, just trying to think, just trying to think. If the, if the woman didn't have the last surname as her husband, she had to get a husband on the phone to confirm that they were allowed to switch the utility or the service we were providing over to the service provider we were going to sell.
and this is only about 20 20 something years ago yeah, that's but, the thing. Uh, Oops, it, it, was, it was in South Australia, which is admittedly behind the times, but, you know, that's... Look, it was, it, was, it was still going on. So I, you know, my parents were not married. I took the surnames of both of my parents. Mm-hmm. My mother was not a missus. Um, and whenever she got called up for an appointment, they'd call her Mrs. McGuinness, and she would always object and she'd say, no, I am not a missus. I have never been married. I never will be married. I am a miss. Okay. Okay. Because the assumption was that if you, you know, had a child, then you had to have well, been married. Yep. Yep. That was the assumption back then. It isn't <clears> any <throat> longer, which is a good thing. But the yeah, so I I th- these things, culture changes, society changes, traditions do change. We absorb new traditions such as the welcome to country, which is becoming a tradition. Um, but I mean, it's it's what I've said for a while about there is culture changes by definition, right? That is that is how culture works, and you have to dif- differentiate between what is good culture and what is bad culture. Get rid of the, the the bad stuff and keep the good stuff. As far as I'm concerned, we should be taking oaths in Parliament at all. We should not be using the Lord's Prayer at all. In fact, we shouldn't have a queen at all. Um, And quite frankly, I think she's right, Lydia Thorpe, in taking a stand against it and highlighting the discrepancy because part of the problem with these sorts of traditions is that they go on because no one points them out. But her problem wasn't with the queen herself. Her problem was with the colonising part of it. That's where... That's where well, she brought that in because, yeah, she was making a point about the fact that we're still taking oaths to a queen that's irrelevant. Well, but the problem is, like, she but, but she signed up for a job, she signed up to work in a place and that she knew well. she would have to swear allegiance to the queen. And I'm sure she has no problem taking the queen's money, you know, a lovely 200,000 something dollar per year as a, as a Senate backbencher. So, I, I, there's no colon, there's no problem well, hope, with colonization there. She's working well, but. That's the thing. You have to change the system from within. Within, you've got to get yeah, into the system. Yeah, but she's not. She's just, she's just, she's a she's a petulant child having a tantrum. That's all. That's she all was she is. Grandstanding. It was grandstanding. yeah, grandstanding. It's like I don't know what she you know like she's not proposing. Well, I don't I don't know what she's proposing. If but she had done this as part of a coordinated effort with other individuals. So say for example, she had said to her whole party, "Look, I'm going to do this. I need you to back me up on this." Let's do it as a party. Then okay. You're trying to impact and influence it. What Damien is saying has a ring of truth in this situation, but also what Clancy is saying also has a ring of truth here. The way she's gone about it is grandstanding. But the only way how you can get rid of the system that you currently have. So say, for example, in England, up until the 1860s, you could not be a member of parliament and be an atheist. The only way how an atheist could change that was by becoming a member of parliament, lying that they were a Christian, mm-hmm. and then proposing legislation as was done to allow for atheists to be in parliament. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah, that's interesting. So, on, but however, not every not every indigenous person agrees. We have Jacinta Price, who is uh, from the liberal liberal national side of the equation, who accused uh, Lydia Thorpe of immaturity. 
and mm. you know don't take the job I, I kind of agree it's like <laughs> don't take the job don't take the money don't you know yeah it's like that that is just i to me that is a woman having a dummy spit I'll tell you what it, I'll tell you what's really caused all this. There's something there's the elephant in the room that's caused all this. Ooh. Lydia Thorpe is just upset that neighbours has ended. <laughs> <laughs> that's all it is. She's been she's been trying to buy one of the properties in Ramsey Street yeah. and you know she couldn't get the deposit down, so she's just thrown her toys out the pram and this has manifested. Oh boy, oh boy. Well, there, that's uh... now one more thing I did want to briefly discuss was that uh, there's talk about an Indigenous voice to Parliament. Uh, what are your thoughts what on does that, that, ladies? Mean? Sorry? What would that mean? Well, this. So I think... essentially, essentially, what they're trying to do is have some sort of an advisory um, group made up of Indigenous leaders who can speak for their communities to advise the government of the day mm -hmm. what sort of policies should be enacted for their benefit mm -hmm. um, or what things they find are deleterious, I guess, um, in, in, in the policies and, and um, platforms that they're putting forward. So essentially it's a way that, um, Indigenous people can have their say in Parliament without necessarily being a parliamentarian. Here's something I'm going to propose, and this is purely for debate purposes. But should Australia have what New Zealand has, because New Zealand has the Maori seats, should Australia have its own equivalent? Well, that's actually the model that they've been basing it on. So they have actually had some consultation with um, other Indigenous groups, including New Zealand. There's recently been a delegation um, from Australia that's gone over and discussed this with them um, mm. and looking at the model that they've set up. So it's, it's going to be a similar sort of thing because, of course, the other thing that they've been talking about is having a treaty, which is what the Maori, Maori people have. Um, so... There's been a lot of consultation. There's been a lot of uh, research. Um, and this has sort of become the most acceptable, I guess, um, model for most um, Indigenous groups who um, are influential in this area. It's not acceptable to everybody. There's a lot of Indigenous groups that don't like this model. Um, but essentially um it's been in the works for a while and they've looked at lots of different different ways of achieving it um but without actually having a treaty or without without having that sort of formal type of process this is one of the ways that they want to get the ball the ball roll, rolling i guess is to have this group as an advisory group they won't have real power no, but they will be able to, to censure. The, which is different to the New Zealand system because yeah. those electorates actually elect members of parliament. Yeah. So 
I mean, that possibly is going to be another step, but um, the, they will be able to censure, however. So, like, if the government of the day proposes something that they feel really goes against their interests, then they'll be able to, you know, formalise that as a censure. So the idea is that there's a bit more influence from Indigenous people in the way that um, policies and laws are made in Australia um, well, how is, without how is them actually being in Parliament. How is it different to ATSIC, ATSIC, ATSIC the Aboriginal and Torres Strait, Island, Torres Strait Islanders Commission that was in existence up until about a decade ago? How is that different? How is that different? To, how is this different to that? Um, well, that was more about land rights and things. This is this is a bit. Uh, more I think I think, ATSIC, I think ATSIC went well beyond land rights. It went to indigenous yeah. much, much like Lydia thought now is is doing is in the is in is in the business of. Um, I, I'm trying. Like, like the thing, if if there were no indigenous, like if indigenous people were excluded from Australian Parliament, I would kind of see the sense in this particular body. But we have about almost a dozen Indigenous uh, parliamentarians in federal parliament already. So Indigenous people already have a voice in parliament. They do. But as I said before, is not all Indigenous people are, believe the same things or come yes. from the so, same so what, areas. So what is a voice? Of, so, but a voice of parliament is trying to be that unified, that, what, that catch-all voice that we know won't work because indigenous people are have lots of different beliefs about yeah. how things should be run and that's one of the objections that uh, uh people have about it too so you know I, i'm not, i'm i'm definitely not saying it's a perfect idea it's just no. an idea I, I agree it's, it's it's an it's an idea but then why don't we also have like a chinese voice of parliament why don't we have a a transgender voice of parliament why don't we have a gay voice of parliament why don't we have all these other um voices to parliament based upon identity because why don't we have people with the original owners of the land yes i i agree that there i agree are specific they... and different requirements here that cannot be rectified through traditional political means such as the other three groups that you mentioned there can be oh, i'm not sure what example, you mean by that. not to show sure you mean by that phoebe so for example i as a trans person if i was in australia would not be asking for a treaty with the government of australia to recognize my rights here what is being asked for here is a specific recognition of rights that cannot be afforded to individuals through standard legislating here. Such, such as, because I like, like call, call, me, call me ignorant. Call me ignorant, but we're asking for an internationally recognized international. Oh, no, 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 Phoebe, Phoebe, what, what rights don't indigenous nations. people have? What rights no, no, no. don't they have at the moment? You're missing what I'm saying. You're missing what I'm saying here. You're, it is two separate nations trying to agree a treaty on the recognition of each other i as a trans person am not trying to get myself recognized as a nation well no. this is but i suppose how far how far do you go i'll tell you a personal story i met with the so as part of my kids uh kinder you know decade or so one or two decades ago we had like an an, an indigenous excursion 
and so uh we had to go to a, a like a national park about 20 30 kilometers away and there was like it was an indigenous demonstration and the person who led the who led the indigenous demonstration was actually the head of the Murundindi tribe and one of the things he said um you know but like during his uh during the presentation was that this is our country and we share it with you please please look after it so why isn't his statement that we share the country binding on every other indigenous person or some other indigenous person who goes no you took our country office and we want it back well it's not that's the point because he's a different person yeah, exactly. He but but he, he, he is an indigenous person, and he is the head of his own of his own tribe or clan. Or he is the head it. of his tribe, but yes. he's not the head of anyone else's. I think what's being and the, missed and, here is that there's an analogy that needs to be drawn here to the USA, and there has to be an also an analogy that is drawn to New Zealand. Mm -hmm. And what is the position? within Australian society of these tribes and indigenous groups. Are they the same as in New Zealand? Are they the same as in the USA where they are considered separate sovereign states? Yes, they, they have, they the have nations the within separate states, yes. Yes. Reservations. Or are they, or are they some other thing altogether? Well, they are actually acknowledged is, as nations. But this is where we're now going, because in Australia, you don't have a treaty recognising that, whereas in the USA, particularly, mm -hmm. you do have multiple treaties over multiple times where you're going to be negotiating as two governing entities of an organisation. The organisation here being the federal government of Australia and the other organization being the um, tribes and indigenous structures that are there. This is what is different to the other groups that Damien mentioned earlier. We are trying to work out what the place of governments are within the entity of Australia. Are these governments going to coexist or is the federal government of Australia going to say we don't recognize you are the governing structures of these indigenous groups and so on going to say we don't recognize the federal government or are they both going to say we both recognize each other as sovereign they're asking for a level of sovereignty here to be determined and where does that sovereignty lie those individual groups based on characteristics that you were describing are not trying to negotiate sovereignty between two entities here i mm -hmm. have a level of sovereignty as an individual i as a group are not asking to debate sovereignty indigenous australians and torres strait people and so on are having a discussion and a debate about sovereignty and their place as a sovereign entity within another sovereign entity's recognition and that is what yep. is so important here 
Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, but, I, but I'm reading through this uh, from the heart website, and I see nothing does about... because that's I... where the end goal is, and this is step one to get towards that end. This goal. is step one. Mm, I I don't see that, but okay, I'll uh, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue the point. Okay, but... step half for you, David. <laughs> step half, <laughs> baby steps. But like, I I just fail to see how this is different to Atsik. Like you got like well the, because that's Atsik wasn't abolished. Yeah, exactly. It was abolished. It was abolished because it was a joke of an organization. Yeah, but it was also for different reasons. Sorry, sorry, Phoebs. That's the problem with Atsik itself, not the principles that underlined and underpinned mm. Atsik. Okay, but I'm just I I okay. A maybe school I'm... can be as corrupt as you like, but that doesn't underpin. That doesn't affect the principles of educating people. Yeah, but just I, I don't know. I don't know anyone who seriously disagrees that indigenous people were the first people here. This is the thing. It's not like that's I, not what's, I, that's even, not what's even in the Andrew is. Bolt world of far right wing, you know, wing nuts. I don't know anyone who who goes. Uh, the, the Abri Aboriginal people weren't here. <laughs> Forget about them. I seriously don't know anyone who who goes. I understand exactly what you're saying, but what's but that's not the question. The question is not were the individual people here. The question is what is their place in? Well, they have as much to me, and this is why I ask: What rights do Indigenous people it's not don't have? To do with rights. What the, it is? It is everything to do with rights. Here. This is the thing you're saying. No, no, no. That... you're missing. You're missing the point here. You're missing the point here. Rights are secondary to recognition. And it's whether recognition is granted mutually by each side or whether one side or the other refuses to recognize each other. This well, recognizing is what, in recognizing what in what capacity? This is this is the, the thing. Sovereignty like, I... and the existence. I, I don't the think there's any issue structures. with the existence of, you yeah, know... You're missing the point here. You're missing the point here. Does the federal government of Australia recognise as an equal partner or something else the indigenous structures that are governing indigenous tribes of Australia? And do those tribes do vice versa in relation to the federal government of Australia? That is where we are. That is what we're going. I think. I think to, to a point, to to like because for for example, point. when a mining company wants to mine on indigenous land, who do they, who do they have to negotiate with? Indigenous. This is what we need. This is what we need to get to as an end point. And you have to say, does the federal government recognise that the indigenous recognised structure is something that it accepts? Because does that mining company then only go to the federal government? Because you have to answer this question. Otherwise, situations like what you just described will continue to happen and disputes will continue to happen. The question that needs to be answered is what is the position of the federal government and what is the position of the indigenous tribal structures? What are their positions in relation to each other and what are their positions in relation to the rule of law of australia i mean you talked you talked about atsic before damien and yeah. there was a lot of people who were actually very upset about 
at sick being abolished because yep. it did serve a purpose. Yes, this is unfortunately that purpose was corrupted by people from within that organisation. I, I, I totally agree. Um, I and totally that was, agree. Yeah, yeah. But it, you know, it, and there, there was always a call in the Labor Party, at least, for another body to be established, hopefully without those same problems. Um, so this is essentially what that's. Yes, it's a, it's a resuscitation of the ATSIC type of thing under a different no, model I think it goes a different... A, I think it goes a bit more than that myself. That's just where the it way does. Looking... Yeah, it does. I'm not what I'm, but what yeah. I'm saying is that there was always that intention that we needed something like that. There needed to be um, a voice, a voice to Parliament from the Indigenous people. Um, you've got to remember too that in a lot of the very regional areas in the Northern Territory in Queensland, West Australia and South Australia, mm -hmm. people are still essentially living in remote areas with very poor health yep, and schooling I, I, and literacy I, and I, don't, I, don't get to vote, all those sorts of things. I am for closing the gap. I am for mm. giving those kind of people the resources, resources they need. Um, I'm just, uh, I, I just see questioning this, the, the necessity of it. Well, I, I would rather like this. Is, this is just me. I would rather zero symbolism, but a, a million percent in terms of actual delivery and funding and all that kind of stuff. You know, like if you if you put it to me that Damien, would you take the apology to Indigenous people away, but in return? The indigenous people will get like ten billion dollars a year of funding. They can do whatever they want with. I would say yes in a heartbeat, because I would rather that I would rather the indigenous people. Well, why have, not have both? I'm saying in a hypothetical in a hypothetical situation in a hypothetical yeah, situation but... that you know, yes, yes, if yeah, if. But I just I just felt that, and I think I've said this before on previous episodes that I just felt the apology was more of a. You know, more of a thing to be set, more of a symbolism that, yeah. But anyway, well, that... it, was a, it was a recognition, and this is part of the acknowledgement of country. It's a recognition. Well, it's actually and there it's, is, it's, a, there it's is. interesting you say that because in the 1999 referendum, I'm reading two lines here from the preamble that was proposed. Uh, upon up, upholding freedom, tolerance, individual dignity, and the rule of law, honouring Aborigines and Torres Strait Islanders, the nation's first people, for the deep kinship with their lands and for the ancient and continuing cultures which enrich the life of this country. Yeah. So yes, we, we had an opportunity to enshrine that in our constitution, but yes, we did But now read the rest of it. Now read the rest of the preamble, which is... Recognising the nation-building contribution of generations of migrants, mindful of our responsibility to protect our unique natural environment, supportive of achievement as well as equality of opportunity for all, and valuing independence as dearly as the national spirit which binds us together in both adversity and success. Yeah, but that's not all of it, though. Oh, well, that, that's the end. <laughs> that, that's, that's the end. If you want me to go back to the top, I'll I can go. Yeah, go. you can go back to the top and talk about all the Christianity that's oh, at yeah, the very yeah, top. That's, talk about uh, God. Yeah. That yeah. was the problem with it. I've got no problem with the elements of the preamble. Oh, the yeah, I just yeah. have some problems with it as a whole. Yeah, I know. It's a bit of a... But I'm saying, like, we had an opportunity to do all this stuff back in 1999, but we didn't because we hated John Howard. 
yeah, well, still, and John Howard didn't really more. want it and sabotaged it from within. <laughs> yeah, true, good point. We we did discuss this. We're going we're going yeah. back, but but look, look, I I want I, I want an Indigenous person to have as much opportunity and life expectancy as I do. Um, and look, I I may be wrong about the this Indigenous voice of Parliament, but I just you know I'm I'm just thinking though that. One, will it truly represent the body of Indigenous people? Because as we said, not all Indigenous people think think alike. Like even in even in the Senate, we have Lydia Thorpe on one side and Jacinta Price on the other, and they're like oil and water. Yeah. So so, and, there, and, so there's and that. Is, and and this is and this is the the point too is that there's lots of different views. Just because you belong to one particular group doesn't mean you have to have yes. But when, a, but when you a have a body, when you have a body that, that is set up to represent your group, your group to Parliament, and they say something you don't agree with, then how do you resolve that that disagreement? Is kind of where I'm where I'm coming from. Like well, I, I, the... I'm all for Indigenous people having a say on legislation that impacts them. No, no issue there at all. But yeah. do, do they need a special voice to Parliament for that when there are already about 10 or 11 Indigenous people in Parliament? And, there's and most and, of those and, and, Indigenous and, people in Parliament are from coastal regions, from built-up cities, and have had all the benefits of modern civilization. Most of them, I'm not saying all of them, but and also have had those, you know, Especially, especially when there's an people. indigenous affairs minister as well, so it's not like yeah. it's not like no one gives a, no one doesn't give a shit about the indigenous people. There's already all these large government bodies set up to yeah, close the gap, but I'm I'm just a little bit yeah I don't know. It's just I'm you know I, I, maybe I want some more detail about how it actually works. But I mean, look. The point yeah. is too is that this group is not is also to advise those members of parliament who are indigenous because they're not going to get the whole picture either. So, look, I don't have a problem with it. I think it's a good idea. I think that um, as long as you know they are very careful about the model that they're using and yep. they're not going to have the similar problems with corruption that the ATSIC did have. But and what? what and look, hey, the, the 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 fact that Bolt's opposed to it has to mean it's a good thing. Yeah, and Chris Kenny is supporting it because this uh this um yeah took took me by surprise as well that you know the two Sky News hosts had a uh, a fiery exchange about uh, about this. So yeah, yeah, interesting. Okay, well. Uh, What an episode, guys! We've uh, covered covered quite a quite a fair bit of. What uh... I can say is that we were very good neighbours and we've become good friends. I have to find the uh, find the audio. Have they all moved to Summer Bay? I do hope not, but you no, know, that I, was I think how they, that, they that might was be in Wisteria Lane. Finished it. They might, they might That's be how they Lane. did finish off the show, though. That's how they did set up the ending of. Uh, neighbours yeah. was by flogging off all the houses in Ramsey Street to new people and then the community moving away which is why you saw her writing oh. in the book 
at the beginning because it was the end of you know the history of Ramsey Street's community as it was because all the families had moved away the Kennedys the Ramseys etc etc all I will say is that Jason Donovan and Kylie Minogue will forever always look at home breaking into a house look at who look at home look at home breaking into a house I'm not sure what that's in reference to. I'm sorry. There's a scene in there where the uh, characters played by Kylie Minogue and Jason Donovan turn up and there's nobody about. There's a window open and they both climb through the window, breaking into the house. Okay. Okay. This has been episode 21 of Let's Save the Governor General with our neighbours recap from Phoebe J. Rose. Until next time. Bye-bye. In history's page, let every stage advance Australia fair. In joyful strains, then let us sing advance Australia.